Hello and welcome to the Taking Social Stock podcast. This is episode seven. Taking Social Stock is hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Heather. And this week, Heather, you picked out an article for us to look at. I did. So it, the article that we're going to talk about, it's from The Guardian, and it's called From Mute to Menacing, Why TV's Portrayal of Muslims Still Falls Short. I didn't start there, though. I started with another article that we can link in the notes from Vox, and should probably say there's a little bit of a trigger warning because we might talk very high level, just touch on a grisly murder, which is what got me to this article. Okay, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. The A few days ago, a teacher in France, he taught geography and French geography and French history, was beheaded by a religious extremist who is Muslim. And that article really talks about what might this, how might this impact France and their culture around Islam. They've had some struggles and some people trying to make growth and whatnot. But that's what got me to this Guardian article because I didn't really, and I doubted you either, anybody would really want to take 20 minutes listening to the ins and outs of different sects of Islam and extremists. Um, so instead, what that got me thinking about was a little bit of my journey in understanding some of my biases with Islam. So that's really what brought us here today. Some of your biases against about Islam? Mm-hmm. So like what biases are, where are you coming from with that? Because when I think, when I read through the article, first thing I thought of was, well, you know, they're going through and it was about Muslims and Islam. And for whatever reason, in my head, I was thinking the Middle East the whole time reading through it because obviously mm -hmm. majority Islam in the Middle East. And then the second time kind of skimming through the article getting ready, I realized, oh, wait, yeah, Islam is definitely very differently portrayed in the media than people from the Middle East. Because yeah. you do have, I was first thing I thought of was the TV show Heroes where they had, I think his name was Mohinder or I think that was his name, but he wasn't. He didn't portray Islam at all. Yeah. He was just a Middle Eastern guy as a character. I'm going to let you finish, Andy, of the past. This is Andy of the edit. I just wanted to jump in and give a quick correction. Mohinder Suresh was actually Indian, and the actor who portrays him is from a family that also immigrated from India of the Hindu faith. So it was the example that popped in my head of someone who was of olive or darker skin tone, whose character was not portrayed as religious, was just portrayed as a character. Now I'll let you finish, Andy. And I was kind of going through that aspect, and then once it kind of sunk in that, oh, wait, no, this is about the faith. Yeah. I was like, no, that is totally different. And I couldn't think of any good examples in TV that would pass the Riz test that they kind of talk about in mm -hmm. this article. Yeah. Well, my bias, it made me think kind of way back. So when we were in Bible college together, one of the courses I took was an online course called Intro to Islam. Because mm -hmm. I very clearly remember sitting on the floor of my dorm looking through the yellow pages. Because this was like 2002. Two, no, it was, I think, 2003, 2004. So not all that far removed from 9-11. And I was I was looking in the yellow pages because for this intro to Islam course, it was online also way back when when that wasn't as typical as it is today to have mm -hmm. online courses. We had to do an interview with somebody who was Muslim. I didn't know anybody. 
again, that was something you did then. You went to the Yellow Pages. I wound up finding an imam, which is a Muslim preacher, pastor, and told him what I was called him up, told him what I was going to be doing, seeing if I could interview him. And he said, yeah. So I went in and I wound up talking with his wife. They were both from different countries, but different countries from each other as well. So I remember her telling me a story of how she, here in where we live, in the community where we live, somebody had attempted to run her off the road not long after 9-11 because she Mm -hmm. wears a hijab. And really just got to talk with her, got to talk with him. I might have went there more than once, but I, I, if it was once or twice, because again, this was like, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago. Yep. I, I spent a, a good amount of time and they were both so gracious and wonderful. And that was my first encounter, engagement meaningfully with somebody who was Muslim. And so it made me think of how way back when that helped to break down some biases. You know, I'm really big on the way that you get through some biases is you talk to people, you get to know people, mm-hmm. right? But reading this article made me realize almost 20 years later that I still have biases. So yeah, that's where that really started from. And a lot of those biases have been reinforced, of course, kind of what the article is about by the media yep. over the last 20 years. So one of the things I was thinking of, so in my first idea reading through it was, okay, they're talking about Middle Eastern peoples. And that's, obviously, there is a big bias against them in the United States because when we were first in college, or at least for me, when 9-11 happened, obviously... You were a freshman, right? I was a freshman, yeah. yeah. At a Bible college. (laughs) Yes. The idea of what the villain character in the United States suddenly shifted to being someone who is Middle Eastern. That's what... Mm -hmm. And the media glommed onto that and said, okay, we can sell that. People are going to be interested just like wartime movies, vets, all that stuff became high interest Mm -hmm. to people. So, of course, the media jumped on that and they started selling us the image they thought Americans wanted to see, which is people who are from the Middle East are evil, though it's painting a completely unfair picture, which, you know, that's kind of obvious, but it worked in the time and it's been continued. I think there clearly is an underrepresentation of people of the Middle East in media just in general. But yeah, the Muslim faith is, if it's mentioned or presented at all, it's never positive. Along that same line, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, so how do they present faiths in general in the media? Both of us went to Bible colleges. Which is Am- Christian. Americans yeah. are usually fun- yeah. presented as either Christians or as basically atheist or non-religious. Mm-hmm. And the Christian character is always portrayed as sappy, maybe naive, but very big heart and naive, I guess is kind of the way I think media tends to present. Yeah. Are cruel. <laughs> or cruel, but yeah. that's the general way yes. the media presents them is... Yes big heart, naive Christians, and then Muslims are not modern, uh, very regimented and religious like structure and kind of militaristic in that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's not a fair representation on either side, but obviously one doesn't make you look like a villain or mm-hmm. like you're not in touch with times. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of one of the things that struck me thinking about the article a little bit. Something that, and maybe you picked up on this, maybe you didn't, but you didn't say this, is women, how they're represented. So that's something that really sticks out to me because of this article. What they talked about in this article was they, I put a little visual for myself, is kind of this, um, it's a binary. It's either terrorists or oppressed women. And that's usually mm-hmm. one of the visuals that popped in my head. We don't get the spectrum still in media the way that that it deserves. 
the article brought up a couple of things uh, that you, one, you watch The Boys, right? Yep. And so I don't, I haven't watched it. You've told me some about it, but it brought up how uh, Muslims were viewed as a, a threat. So it what would you does, say? It, the Boys as a TV show is, uh, well, season two, they really dive hard into a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily well, it's very like, it's clumsy. And it's just like in your face. They Clumsy about Muslims are just everything. Everything. Okay. So they address like inequality between men and women. They address racism, a bunch of different topics. Politics is like a big part of it, but it's very clumsily done. But yeah, the. What do you I, mean? Does it like when I hear clumsy, I hear like, here's my takeaway is that they're trying to hit everything that's relevant in today's culture and just slamming it in there. Is that what's happening? Kind of. Yeah. It's like. For the most part, it doesn't add to the story, and they're going with so many different ones back to back to back in, in the same episode that it's like, yeah, you're just throwing them in there to throw them in there, but they will just like, it'll be like some very just like over-the-top scene to make one little point and then never mention it again. In general, they're more like an afterthought to the story, so I don't think it adds a whole lot, and they don't stick to one core one. They jump around a lot, but circling back to the the Islam thing the article mentions, I at first had to stop and think because I can only think of a couple scenes and they weren't specifically Islam, which is why kind of when I was reading the article, I was thinking they're just talking Middle East. The one scene they main have, the main one, is the not hero character. He's actually the villain, but he's effectively like a Captain America Superman mm-hmm. who is um, Homelander. You're not doing a spoiler there with saying no, that. No, no, no. Okay. Everyone knows he. it's presented right away who he is. Okay. So anyways, in one scene, he's kind of saying, you know, like, hey, we have to protect our soil. Very kind of like, some of the messaging, some parties are throwing, very nationalistic, some of the party messaging you're hearing right now. And everyone else is kind of the enemy. And in one scene, they're like, okay, there's these terrorists. One of the first super terrorists he goes to fight is a guy who's, he has Arabic written on his chest. I couldn't tell you what religion they're supposed to be. Obviously, Americans, when we see Arabics written on someone, darker skin, in a sandy setting, everyone just assumes Muslim. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they were playing on that, though. There's no, I, in my opinion, exact way to tell. Maybe they do say Allah or something in it. But he goes over there and defeats the enemy very handily and then comes back. Then, of course, it does propagate people similar to what our article talks about. There is a retaliation attack. So people in the U.S. are then paranoid that everyone could be a terrorist because there could be terrorists in the U.S. And someone kills an innocent shopkeeper who is of darker skin, who looks Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. That did make me think of one thing, though. So... This doesn't come up in our article, but the U.S. doesn't do a good job of even explaining what Islam is yep. in our media or how it, pre- not how it presents, but, you know, like what, what it exactly is. So we often think turbans means mm-hmm. Islam. Turbans usually more refer to the Sheikh uh, religion, which is an, a spinoff of the Hinduism, which it is actually kind of a, an opposition force to the Muslims that were taking over a lot of Hindi territory. We prescribe a lot of things that are actually related to a non-Muslim or non-Islam religion to Islam because we're just, we aren't educated on the topic. Yes. Uh, you know, whenever, I remember shortly after 9-11, my dad, who is European American descendant, but has olive toned skin. He has gray hair now, but then he had really dark, like dark brown or black hair. And I remember him saying that he was pumping gas at a gas station. And somebody yelled at him and called him a slur 
that refers to the people that you were talking about. I'm not going to say the slur, but uh, yeah, just thinking about how people, yeah. if if people are people are when they're racist, can't even get their slurs right. You know, so, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I find that very interesting because a lot of times the way we present uh, Muslims in movies, even like wartime movies. Because there's obviously been a lot kind of where U.S. soldiers are doing something in the Middle East, and it's always against people that present the way the they the filmmakers want you to think people of the Islam faith. Some part of that. A lot of times they more present like the characters look more Sikh religious than they do Islam. Yeah. So very very confusing messaging we send out, and in either case, it's just confirming a narrative that's untrue about a religious group for just for the sake of having this is the villain that everyone identifies as the villain since 2001. Yeah. Before that, one of the things I kind of wanted to look into, I didn't get a lot of resources on it. So who did we villainize before that? Mm-hmm. So obviously we all know Russians mm-hmm. was like a big one. You think of the Eastern European bloc, Soviet Russia because of the Cold War. Yep. So I kind of view this as a spinoff, but it's interesting. We targeted nationalities before, not races or not uh, religions. And now it's more about a religious group. Yeah, I wonder if I, I want. I'll turn right back to the article in a minute. We're targeting a religious group, but we're targeting a religious group that has brown skin, so yeah. it is tied to race still, right? Yeah. The imam I got to talk with, he was looked as white as me and you, maybe even whiter um, by skin tone, but he he had faced, I believe he had faced oppression in a European country where he had lived before he came here. And his wife was from an Asian country. So um, one thing that stuck out in the article was, well, a couple things. So one, the show Rami, a friend has really, really liked this and is recommended. I put it on my to watch list. You know, she really liked it because of the representation and showing a Muslim family as a family and the family unit and getting away from some of the tropes. This article goes into how the the men in the, the show, and again, I haven't seen the show yet, they tend to get a lot more time looking at being as complex people who have growth and the women, not so much. Uh, Tied to that in the article, I don't think tied to that show, but tied in with the article, they talk about how sometimes you have to get representation to get the nuanced. For people Mm -hmm. have to see something other than this binary of terrorists or oppressed women to be able to take the step to say, oh, look, this is a family unit. Oh, but but where are the gaps there? So if I hadn't read, I'm going to watch this show. If I hadn't read this article before I watched the show, my guess is with my biases, I would have been like, Oh, good. A step away from from this this trope, but I doubt knowing me and kind of where I was and as I was reading this article, I don't I don't think I would have been like, but they're not looking at the women as the same complexity, which brings me to something that you know again biases we all have them. Um, sometimes we get kind of smacks in the face of where we realized they were, and sometimes they just kind of. Uh, kind of we get them subtly shared with us, right? But I took this webinar this summer called Social Work So White, and it made me, this article where they talked about, hey, as diversity boxes are ticked, it made me think about that webinar that I attended because there are, in my field, a field that's dedicated to equity and social justice, there are so many blind spots. And sometimes 
I find myself realizing where where I thought I was getting to inclusion and belonging, I was really still at the level of diversity and checking that box. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. If I, well, I guess one thing I was kind of looking at when I was trying to find out, hey, who the villain's been throughout time, it did lead me down some different sources. One of the things that I stumbled upon was this kind of, I think it was a Vox article, maybe what originally got you started. They're talking about all these different groups that work with Hollywood to try to get more diversity and inclusion within it, hmm. which I think almost everyone that they had involved, they were targeting like the big groups, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women representation, LGBTQ representation, nothing about religious groups. It was more ethnic groups. And then um, I, I don't know what you would call the LGBTQ. So, you know, those different groups, but not religious groups. Because I think religious religion is still a very tough topic in Hollywood. It's a tough topic to portray portray in media, and I think it's kind of like, well, we're doing good enough. We're starting to get people who are of different looks in a commercial. You know, the one thing they kind of focused on was like, hey, you know, we work with these different screenwriters, things like that, to help them get characters that are more well balanced, and if they present someone who's LGBTQ, to make them seem like you know, like a real person, not mm-hmm. just like a stereotype. But there's still this thing, and you've seen this in TV shows where they still tend to kill off the LGBTQ cast members, characters. And they're like, so we got to fix that. When I was reading that, though, I was like, I mean, like, you got to go step by step. The film and mov- film and television industry has 2 million employees. Mm, it's wow, a huge industry. And that's just one section of entertainment. And then I'm sure... I guess like television ads and stuff fit into that. You look at ads and, you know, it's, it's almost comical sometimes watching them and they show these blended families and the people they select to put in the commercials where it's like they're trying to be hyper-inclusive, mm-hmm. sometimes to the detriment of their message. Like, it's great. I'm glad they're mixing and getting more people into the industry. But there is a point to have a message that's cohesive sometimes. Like with the boys. Well, with the boys, but I'm just more saying some commercials where it's like they do everything they can to not have a white man on the commercial. My point with that is just simply they're really working on the inclusion mm-hmm. part or, you know, getting diversity in there. But, yeah, that's it's still at the superficial level. Like, okay, the faces are all different. But that's as far as they've gotten. Yeah. Like, they're not getting into the personality types, the the culture even. It's just the faces are yeah. different. And Which that's, in- that's all they focus on. So it's like hey, here's this blended family, but they're all white American, you know, they're all presenting them as a white middle-class family, yep. effectively. Maybe they changed the faces, the the race, but it's they're, that's really all they've changed out. They haven't yeah. got to the next level yet. They're not giving them any of their culture. It's, I guess, a different kind of whitewashing. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So, yeah, it's, uh, and I think a, a, a risk of that is getting into tokenism too. So, yeah, yeah, that's me and you have talked about that. That's kind of what it hits me as when I see it, and it's why it's comical to me because, like, you're doing it just to do it, and that's a good first step. But it hasn't seemed like we've moved past that mm-hmm. in six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, even thinking seventeen years, right, or, or twenty almost from nine eleven. But I'm thinking back to when I did this this interview of how in that time frame. Yes, there's been progress, but if we really look at it, some of the things we talked about today, there's been very little progress in representation of all different groups, but back in this back to this article with the Muslims. 
True. Yeah, for me, I think I clearly I don't I don't catch it in my day to day watching a movie. I a lot of times watch the movie and I'm focusing on all the stupid things they do, yeah. like like there's all these plot holes. Yeah. I focus on that <laughs> more do. than how they're presenting everyone. Yes. If they're giving You give me the rundown of why something's not rational, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I miss clearly some of the, the layers that they could be putting in. Yep. I think that's the vast majority of people. And the way I look at it, it's clearly an issue. But is it going to change anytime soon? My answer would be no. Like we're getting the surface level changes that are easy to quickly implement, like commercials are low impact, low stakes. For the most part, so you can put a a selection of different ethnicities on the screen and not have a whole lot of impact to the actual end result that you're seeking. But whenever you get into the movies and paying, you know, putting all this fame and all your stock into this one actor, I don't think the businesses are going to jump. Well, by businesses, the film companies are going to jump in and change that quickly because they want to focus on what makes the money. Especially if you look right now, television is in decline. It's moving to different delivery methods and they're still trying to figure that out you look at film film is definitely kind of dead right now Mm -hmm. they're having to film direct to dvd movies effectively which that's never where you wanted to be as a filmmaker (laughs) so i i think there's progress coming but anyone who expects it to be overnight is kind of fooling themselves there's so many layers to this kind of problem and i look at it like organizational change Mm -hmm. if you have an organization of 70 you can make changes that are sweeping quick and people just have to accept it because it's only 70 people. Yeah. You have a thousand people. It's going to take time to roll out. Yeah. You have to build the infrastructure and you have to deliver it down multiple levels of messaging. But the film and movie industry, like I said, is two, two million. million people. Yeah. It takes a long time for something like that to change. Because it's systemic change. It's systemic. And sure, you really only have to impact the, the top level people who are looking at the bottom line and then the directors, and then the casting directors. So it's not all 2 million people. Maybe it's 100,000 people. That's still a ton of people, mm-hmm. and it's a worldwide thing. As things change around the world, we see, okay, the U.S., we've kind of gotten away from 2001. It's been a while. People are not caring about veterans as much. They're not caring about that specific point in our history as much. But across Europe, they've had acts of terrorism that, of course, they blame towards different groups. Countries that are virtually war zones. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on in the UK and France and all these countries that are having some of their own issues. But, well, what's going on there will impact what our media companies put out because there's so much interchange of labor. So I think there's a lot more interconnectivity, which makes it even slower because even if one country starts dealing with their their problems, it only takes a couple other countries that that they could be selling their movies to to slow that progress Mm -hmm. down. Yeah. Yeah. There is one thing that you, one thing we didn't mention that I think is important is thinking on an individual level that little kids are seeing more representation of people who at least look like them now on commercials, on shows and TV. I don't think movies, I don't think it's perfect by any means, but those are things that I think about whenever like when we were growing up thinking about like Disney movies this is comparatively so dumb but it really I remember loving Beauty and the Beast because Belle had brown hair and it's the first princess I saw with brown hair and that really meant something to me and that's so surface level (laughs) as but that really meant something to little kid me and thinking that in this 
slow progress, some of the wins are that kiddos are seeing people who look like them, which it did not exist 10, 15 years ago, nearly as much. That makes me think. I think last week I mentioned Survivor. I'll mention it again. (laughs) (laughs) One thing you see on Survivor quite often is the the white American characters. I mean, everyone on the show generally is in the seasons I'm watching Americans. They hadn't really broadened out. But those characters, the the players who are, you know, white Americans or present as white, generally say, I'm I want to win for me. They never say, you know, like, hey, I want people who look like me to view me as a role model. You have mm-hmm. some women who say, hey, we want to show that women could win, and then a bunch of them won in a row. But you see that a lot with the minorities. They will always think about it. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a perspective that me and you both, especially me more so as a white male, I don't have as much. I don't look and say, hey, my people need to be represented. I didn't see this growing up. I want to be an, you know, uh, someone that people can look up to. Even with another show I watched, very similar vein, called Echo Race or World's Toughest Race Echo Challenge, something like that. Same thing. It was the minority groups a lot of times are saying, hey, we want to be, we don't, we don't expect to win, but we want to be a role model, which, yeah, you, it's definitely a different perspective. The only time you see the white men doing that is when there was one where these in the echo race the guys were like 70 years old and they're like <laughs> all yeah, the guys were they're like whole group was like 65 to wow. 70 and they're like we want to show that old people can still do it yeah truth was they couldn't still do okay, it okay <laughs> but they were they there. tried okay. but that was you know <laughs> those people couldn't so maybe some other hey, they were they've could. done it for 30 years if oh, they wow. couldn't do it i don't think many 70 okay. year olds could do it i couldn't do it at 30 <laughs> something you know so i don't blame them yeah. for not making it but that is a different perspective. Yeah. Obviously, we're very, uh, I guess, insular. and We don't have the same perspectives, but I'm sure a lot of people out there are in the same boat as us. Hopefully, this talk kind of opens up some ideas when you're watching a TV show or seeing it of maybe what's going on. Think a little bit deeper, but it's an industry that's going to be super slow to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's an industry not that long ago that was still doing things like blackface. You know, that's where it yeah. came from. And uh that's even when it was known to be bad it was still like hey we're going to do it because it's a joke yep you could have gone another way with that yeah you look back at some things and you're like that did not age well this is very uncomfortable to see now sad Um, part of the world is uh about being filmed and film and television what you did is there like it's not going away and that's previous episode i mentioned this any act you do today kind of lives and lives in memorial Mm -hmm. so yeah well, I don't have much more to say about this. I think, yeah, like you said, just as as we, we the industry itself might be really slow to change, but as individuals who are going out into our jobs with our circles, the more that we um, think a little more critically, which I think we, I for sure can do, um, the better. It's, you know, noticing biases doesn't have to be like a, a sad or terrible thing. It's just saying, oh, okay, I still have some gaps here and now I'm a little more aware of this this gap and i can keep an eye on it yep well that will do it for us this week so this was episode seven of the taking social stock podcast if you have any questions comments concerns hopefully no concerns <laughs> you can email us at taking at gmail.com otherwise we will see you again next week <laughs>